This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast. Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor. If you like what you hear at Planet Microcap, please take two seconds and give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps with the search engine so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcap stocks. Also, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on Substack. It's microcapnewsletter.substack.com. You will be notified of every piece of content that we put out there from Planet Microcap, as well as the due diligence series, as well as our weekly uh, index update. So microcapnewsletter.substack.com. Now, up next, we have the Planet Microcap Showcase Vegas happening April 30th through May 2nd, 2024 at the Paris Hotel and Casino. We just announced our first keynote and speaker, Andrew Walker, host of the Yet Another Value podcast, will be back to host a keynote Q&A with legendary small and microcap investor, Bob Rabati. This is a conversation you will definitely want to see in person. Our event brings together the best investors and thought leaders in microcap, quality microcap investing opportunities, and above all else, the most fun and highest return on your time that you could ask for. There's more announcements to come, but registration is open. If you'd like to register, participate, please visit planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. Now, my guest on the show today is Sam Namiri partner and portfolio manager at Ridgewood Investments. Today's conversation is Sam and I catching up on the year that was in 2023 and the year ahead in 2024. He's a frequent guest on the show and was one of my first friends when I started in this business all the way back in 2011. I always enjoy hearing his perspective on the microcap markets as he's one of the hardest working investors I know. Sam turns over every rock, will take as many meetings as possible, and works tirelessly to find that next great microcap stock. Thank you again for tuning in to the Planet Microcap Podcast, and please enjoy my interview with Sam Namiri. Sam, good to see you, man. Happy New Year. Likewise. Happy New Year, Bobby. To you and your fam. Thank you. To you and yours as well. Look at us, dude. We're back. It's 2024. And, uh, you know, look, I, I mean, we made it, you know, like we can start there. We just, we made it. We've survived. Are we back to like normal yet or, you know, know. post COVID? <laughs> I, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, we should go to every hotel and, and ask them. Um, <laughs> I think that, I think they would probably say, oh yeah, for sure. You know, but then why is my cost of everything up, you know, 20%? It's like, oh dude, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. Like, it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah. But, you know, I, listen, I, you're one of my favorite guests to have on the show to just jam on microcaps, just jam on the sector, just everything going on. So I figured I'd start off, you know, we're still, you know, relatively early in 2024. We could still talk about the year that was. So, you know, 2023, how was it for you? What did you see? Your initial takes and then we'll go from there. Sure. Um, I would say 2023 was the year of big the big caps, especially the biggest caps, right? Um, and so, you know, you look at the NASDAQ returns, you look at S&P returns, you know, NASDAQ did great. 
Um, and the S&P did amazing. As well. I mean, not as good, but, you know, in the 20, you know, I think it was mid 20% returns. Um, you know, those did well. And most of it was from, you know, a, a handful of names, five or six different different investments that, you know, did amazingly well. So really it was the, you know, the the, the year of big cap and it was not the year of micro cap. That's for sure. Mm. The, so the, the magnificent seven just held up everything. Yeah. And like, especially, you know, I noticed in, you know, September, October, November, you know, the, not really much December, let's say probably like mid December, it, it reverted, but there was a lot of, it seemed like tax loss selling during that time period. And it seems to be happening a little bit earlier and earlier every single year. Um, and so that, you know, in hindsight, that would have been a great opportunity to get into a lot of micro caps because, you know, the last two, three weeks of the year, things turned around, but wow, yeah. that stuff is so, so hard to time. Like who knows how that's going to work out? You know, the fed says something different in their last meeting and, you know, things may go down, they'll keep going down further. So, um, you know, that's why I think at the end of the day, a lot of people in the micro cap space are, you know, stock pickers. We're not macro yeah. forecasters, but, you know, so. 100%. Anyway, that, 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 that's that's what I would say the story was was like you know liquidity or illiquidity really hurt the microcap space. You know, people were were pushing you know getting out, and I think you know when it comes to like you know, outside money, foreign money, like the U.S. is the place is the safest place to put capital. And again, that rush towards it doesn't rush towards microcaps. You know, people aren't thinking microcaps are the safest place to put your money. So I think you know at some point that spread has to balance out. I believe. And so that's why I think 2024 will be, a, is, you know, hopefully could be a great year for microcaps where that does happen. Cause when you look at the metrics, you know, price to earning multiples, EV to EBITDA multiples, things of that sort, when you look across the different indexes, you know, my, it, it's hard to get information on microcaps, but at least on the small cap versus large cap scale or, or spread, you know, those, those are at historically high spreads where, you know, the Russell 2000 looks very cheap compared to the S&P when you look over a historic period of time like that. The the spread of the multiple is very, very wide right now. I was going to say, yeah, I just got an article for the next issue of Planet Microcap Review from uh, Chris Satterthwaite from uh, Verdad Advisors. And he was and I was like, what are what are the metrics that are pointing towards why 2024 might be? And it's, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't give that away. That's in the magazine. Like you should wait till the magazine comes out. So well, I'll tell you, I'll, you know, I'll just yeah. say that Sam is pretty much on the money. That, that was it's, a sneak, that was a sneak peek. Yeah, you know? he, I'll, I'll say that. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, look, Sam, what, you're, you're somebody that does arguably more, not just one-on-ones because you do a ton of one-on-ones at my conference, but also management calls. I mean, if you're going to be in the microcast space, you better be doing, I mean, not better. I take that back. I would, <laughs> but yeah. I know, but I know that you do as part of your due, due, due diligence process. You know, what was kind of the tenor in some of your conversations with management teams? You know, because some of them, I'm sure, it was they're, they're out of excuses, right? Like, I think I, we did a couple of pods last year talking about how most CEOs, like, you can't talk about, you know, uh, COVID or, you know, because that's more or less done or um, supply chain. That's more or less been figured out, you know, so now 2023 was kind of the year 2024 as well, where it's like, okay, put up or shut up. Let's go. So yeah. was that kind of the nature of some of your conversations this year? You always hear excuses. No, <laughs> that, no doubt. That, Those that, are the two main That ones. never stops. That was probably the 60% of it. I mean, first, <laughs> let's, let's start off with like the broader point of like, you know, talking to management teams. You know, I do it, but 
I know some people who absolutely never do it. And the reason is, is they don't want to have, you know, they don't want to get um, biased, right? And start thinking a certain way. And so I, I get that. And I think at the end of the day, like you want to know the truth, right? And so you're, you're talking to these management teams and you don't know if what they're telling you the truth, what they're telling you is the truth, but like you triangulate it, right? That's at least the goal. Um, and also like you do, like, you know, you have the gut test as well too, to say, hey, like, does this make sense what they're saying? Um, things of that sort. But like, I would say in microcap space, um, you know, a lot. Of, I, I still do com- talk to companies that are still running through issues from COVID. For instance, like they may have purchased way too much inventory, and you know that that demand hasn't come back to where it was during that time period, or they purchased too much inventory because they were having you know delays in their supply chain. Like the supply chain delays aren't really there anymore. Um, the, again, there are a few sectors like there's certain like chips that are still hard to get. Um, or, you know, some companies went out of business. So like the prices are still going higher because again, there's no, there's no supply for, you know, a certain component. Like if you had gone from a, a, if you have a component that had three suppliers and now it's down to two, and then let's say one of them, their factory's down, you know, like they're going to have a problem. So, you know, you still run into that, but that, that happened before COVID as well too. So that isn't too different. Um, I would say the other thing is, you know, the infrastructure bill, I think I mentioned it, you know, at your last conference, um, the infrastructure bill, you know, it's starting to starting to like kick in and get into effect. So I think there are some companies I've talked to that have, that are excited about that um, and the effects of that going forward. And I think, you know, in general, a lot of my conversation in 23 was how much of an effect regulations have had, you know, on their businesses whether positive or negative, again, I, I consider infrastructure bill, um, you know, a regulation in a way. Um, but like, you know, fast food workers now in California, it's minimum wage $20, right? That's going to have an effect on that. Um, you know, it's going to have an effect in other ways too, like, you know, robotics, right? Like now the ROI on, you know, investing in a capital project to bring in some automation in a restaurant, you know, the math pencils out easier for that to, to actually happen. So, um, you know, that's going to benefit, you know, can you find the right companies where that benefits? I know there's a company, um, I don't think they're public, but like Flippy has been in the news, right? Where it like, you know, it, it cooks, you know, it cooks like burgers or it does like fries or like certain other, uh, you know, applications that are, you know, kind of dangerous as well because oil flies around. But anyway, so like that, that type of stuff, um, I think will help, you know, I, I think more recently in the news, I saw, um, you know, Biden is looking to pass a regulation against gig workers where it like classifies them differently. Um, so that, you know, again, like forget about Uber and Lyft drivers, um, but like think about the ancillary, like the ancillary businesses, like whether you're like renting a car to them or insurance to those drivers, right? Like how does that change, right? And and so like a ruling like that can make so many effects on so many different businesses um, where, you know, like it's, it's hard to tell. Right. And so that's where I think there's opportunity in, in the micro cap space. Um, but also there's risk as well too. Right. So like a, a business model can completely fall apart based off of a base off of a ruling like that. So um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's, that's kind of what I've been hearing and you know, what kind of goes through my, my mind currently right now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's like, Hey, how can we turn over the most rocks? How can we find something that, you know, is undiscovered or is priced just incorrectly, right? Some sometimes things are discovered, but 
you know, human emotion moves, moves people from one way to another. Um, I, I think that's, that's kind of like how I've, I've seen or heard of what's going on in the world, um, you know, going into 2024. Absolutely. You know, another question I have to ask is, listen, I, we've been, I feel like we've grown up a little bit together in this space. You know I mean? We've been going to conferences together for, I mean, I started 13 years ago now. I think maybe you were a few years ahead of me. Um, right. Only a few. Cause we're both, we're both 25, um, at this point. Um, <laughs> but in terms, you know, speaking on regulation, just kind of looking at just the, you know, this, this is a topic that I talked about, I think with Cromwell a little bit and also just, and, you know, talking in our daily talking to everybody in microcapsis has to do with supply, you know, and a lot of company, I mean, there's been a, num- a little bit of MA specifically in Canadian microcaps. That's been happening a lot. We did an interview with Matthew Martin talking about that, you know, and now you're, you know, you're starting to see a lot of these companies on NASDAQ doing reverse. I mean, that it's, that's always been the norm, right? So in order to stay on NASDAQ, they do these reverse splits, whatever, but it seems like it's been happening a lot more frequently. I think, especially in the latter half of last year, you know, and some of these companies, you know, probably voluntarily go into the QD or the QX or just delist altogether. Maybe not necessarily go private but just delist because they don't want to deal with the public public market costs and all that all that good stuff so love to hear your take there i mean have you been starting to uncover new names or have you been looking now mostly at names that you've known maybe five years ago that maybe are just looking a lot cheaper than they did yeah um to be honest like it's more like happenstance you know like what what i end up looking at um i i look at both i have like watch lists and things of that sort that are constantly being added and removed and it's like you know sometimes things get removed and you know someone brings it up to me you know when we're chatting about about names or i see it like in the news or i see something and you're like hey you see a news article and you're like okay well does this does this company like let me go look at how this company's done or what what valuation it's at this is make sense so um it it's it's a i'd say it's a mixture of both um in that in that aspect I, i'd say one of the bias, my own personal biases right now that I'm trying to go through is, you know, a lot of things were quite cheap at the beginning of December and it's gone up now. And it's like, well, just because it's gone up some degree, like, should that stop me from from buying it? Right. Um, and the other aspect is what should I sell now as well, too? So like sell discipline, I think, is probably one of the hardest things um, because like you hear stories of, you know, companies that go up you know, 15, 20, 100x, whatever it is, right? And it's like, you you have to suffer through some drawdowns typically to get there. Um, and so there's this whole never sell mentality, right? Oh, you find this great business, you never sell. But like, you know, there are a lot of, there's probably more companies where, you know, they go up and they come down and they never go back up again, right? And so like, it's a balance of like understanding, Hey, like which businesses are these ones that have everything working for them, you know, especially in the long term that that'll work out regardless. And then which ones are the ones that, you know, there's a price you should sell it at. And when you get that price, like you should be comfortable selling it. If it goes higher, that's great. But you know, you, you sold it at, you know, a reasonable, at a reasonable price. Um, So I think, you know, that that's, that's probably like where, you know, I'm constantly thinking about right now, less about like, is it old names or a new name? Again, it's more, it's easier to get comfortable with an old name because you've done a lot of the work. Um, and like what, what made, what spurred that to me was like, there are some newer names that I've been looking at and they ran up on me. And so like, I'm like, do I 
keep doing the work to get more comfortable with it at this higher price or is it worth it for me to to move on to the next one and so yeah you, you i kind of have a mixture of both <laughs> when it comes down to it so no that's a fair point and dude it was it it's so funny that it, you saw i mean uh, most of us who pay attention like this last december a month month and a half to close out the year you're right that was it was a it was an interesting I guess I don't want to say phenomena because, you know, anything can happen in any year, right? Like yeah. it's not, it's just, it goes against what we more normally used to where, you know, it's just December is just usually a, a terrible month for microcaps, you know, tax huh. loss. Well, just getting rid of your losers in general, but you know, usually it's microcaps um, and, and just t- kind of doing the tax loss. Cause when we did the year end pod with, with Paul and, and Jason and, uh, and oh my gosh, and Maj, you know, that was one of the things that we were talking about too, is just like, Hey, there's been a ton of momentum in the last few weeks here. So that that's pretty yeah. interesting that, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you know, Oh shoot, there we yeah, go. So, so I'm one. So I, I mean, to me, it just felt like people just did their tax loss selling earlier. Yeah. And then, no, and then it was sure. like that once that was done, you know, like no one wanted to be the last one, you know, doing the tax loss selling. So I guess once that was done, it was like, Oh, Fed said something positive. Let's let's go. <laughs> I was like, oh, everyone's on vacation. We don't have to worry about this now. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. Like, we don't have to think about this round. Well, another question I have for you is because I know you're a generalist. You know, I, I know you you don't focus specifically on one sector in small micro caps at all. You know, but what what would you say are some interesting takeaways from various sectors that you were looking at or that you ended up you know, taking a position in a couple companies or one company in 2023 and maybe your thoughts on that going into 2024. Remember, we don't have to go into individual names, just, you know, your own, your own sector takes. Sure. Um, you know, I think, I think there's opportunities in like financials, like the banking sector. I think, um, you know, I, th- I think a lot of the smaller, uh, I say small, but like small cap and up banks, um, you know, after the whole, Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, you know, and uh, was it First Republic? After those, you know, those issues, right? Like they were all cheap. Like the whole banking sector was cheap, but the small cap and, and bigger banks seem to have rebounded um, some degree. And I don't see that as much in the microcap banks. Um, so, like that, I think has an opportunity. Um, again, like it's hard to find good, good banks with like good CEOs and stuff. Um, and good capital allocators there and that have good underwriting because at the end of the day that's what's important for banks is cheap cost of capital right can they get good deposits um and then also do they do they lend right like conservatively um in in good you know and have like a good a good value where if the loan goes bad right like they they have protection there so like that's really what it comes down to um and so one of my bigger bigger investments is in is in a bank and is in a microcap bank. Um, that's pretty. That's a pretty niche bank as well that came out with pretty solid results this year. Um, again, what what becomes tough is at the end of last year. Again, if you're like a somewhat conservative CEO, if you give guidance, right, you're not going to give like you know unattainable guidance. So. Unfortunately, that hurts the stock because then, like, if there's any analysts covering it or just in general, like when they give the guidance, you know, people are like, "Oh man, I was expecting your old guidance, and now you're, you know, you're you're changing it." Or I was expecting some growth, and now you're saying there's going to be like a little bit of growth and not a lot of growth, right? And so, um, I th- the, the the particular name I'm in, that's what happened to it. So it didn't like get the benefit of maybe 
you know, the bounce back that these other banks have gotten. So, um, but yeah, I mean, like, again, when the Fed goes and says interest rates, you know, we plan on, on having a few cuts next year, that that works. That's good for banks and, you know, a lot of other businesses as well, too. So um, I get why the market ripped at the, at the, towards the end of the year after that announcement. Bring on the speculation, baby. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's, it's all coming back. <laughs> and, and I think, um, just you know, kidding. just also, I don't know, all, I don't know that for sure. Also, also, like, kind of going back to, like, you talked about, you know, these companies like doing reverse splits to stay on NASDAQ, things of that sort. What's really exciting and what what's kind of shifted over the last, you know, I'd, I'd say before COVID, like the decade before, there were less and less public companies, right? It just kept shrinking, 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 shrinking. Acquisitions, going private, things of that sort. And, you know, COVID changed that because, you know, the stock market was ripping. Companies were getting ridiculous valuations. Um, so everyone went public, right? Everyone's backed did all this stuff. And so now, you know, you see the remains of that, um, which is, which is exciting. And I think that's what, you know, as a microcap space, like a lot of these companies maybe were small caps and now are microcaps. And so it's like, Hey, like, is there anything valuable there that we can, you know, pick at really like the, the slim pickings at the end of the day, what's left over. So, um, you know, it, I, I think, I think that's what's super exciting. Um, and again, I think from the peak, I think 2022 is probably the peak and now we're going to start shrinking again in terms of, I think we have been shrinking in terms of, um, you know, how many public companies there ha- are and especially the smaller ones as well too. I think those will be, you know, that that's more volatile, I'd say, in terms of number of companies. But um, again, like, I mean, international, there's great opportunity. Um, the, the one thing that I think hasn't been talked about, I think it's been about a year and a half, maybe like a year, a year and a half or so, is um, the dark microcaps, right? Like now it's much more difficult to trade them because you have to be in this expert market. Um, I haven't really played around with it much, but you know, I think there is probably some good opportunities there. Um, again, very risky because you don't they don't file, right? So like you don't know like what actually, you know, like you have to make huge assumptions as to what, you know, their financials look like. Um, but I think, again, there's an opportunity for companies, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming there's opportunity there to like to, to do stuff. Um, because again, like on, I, I trade through interactive brokers and if a company stops filing or some, some issue happens with them, they go onto the expert market and I can only sell the stock. Right. So when you're in a position where you can only sell something, right, that usually gives downward excessive downward momentum where it goes, you know, you would think too far in, the, in, in that other direction. So um, the problem is that you need to get off that expert market <laughs> at some point. So that's, that's really the catalyst. So that, that would be more like a event driven strategy um, or a, an investment. Right. And so I think that I haven't heard much about that, you know, since, since honestly, that went into. Yeah. I, I honestly, I hadn't, I, I mean, I talked to Cromo about a little bit on our pod, um, but I think, there, my take was that the main perspective was that obviously they want to either, you know, all these dark companies, either QB, QX, pink, even, or okay. just stay dark. Right. And I think they're really trying to de-incentivize people to even participate in those. I, I'm curious. I should bring, I should talk to Dan Shum again and have him on. Uh, I'm curious yeah. as to what, what his, uh, him and also, uh, yeah, I should, I should bring that up, but you also brought up the point about, you know, some of these like quote unquote fallen angels too right now. And I actually have been having a lot more conversations with those types of companies, like well-known brand name type companies that are now, you know, 
sub 300 million market cap. I'm not saying they're like, they're not the smallest of the small, but still sub 300 million market cap that are now, you know, looking around in our neck of the woods because they recognize that, you know, with, we want to go and, and talk to an audience like yours or just be in front of as many, you know, small micro cap investors because you guys tend to have more of a, you know, more of a long-term focus, you know, and that's where we want to build out our shareholder base again, rather than, you know, folks that are, you know, the bigger, the bigger institution will talk to them anyway, right now. Right. Yep. And also they're just, they don't want to be amongst the, you know, short-termism, that type of crowd. So, you know, so, so I'll, that's, I'll, so that's been pretty interesting. So like one company that's, that stands out and I can talk about it cause it's not public anymore is uh blue apron. So I met with yeah. blue apron, yep. um, it was August or so, mm-hmm. and like literally, um, like every, I, you know, most people know was, about Blue Apron. I was, right? I was trying to get them on the on the due diligence. So we were, <laughs> I, I talked to their IR guy. Like it was a couple months back and forth where we were gonna do it. You know, because I mean, obviously, everybody and their mother knows the Blue Apron story. Like they basically started the you know meals meal service all that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. But anyways, I, I I cut you off. Go. So like I met with them, and you know, I was like, wow, like your market cap is like, I think they were like. 40 or 50 million or so. And so it was like, wow. But again, they had, they had a lot of debt, um, things of that sort. So it was like, it was, and they were still losing money at the time, but you know, private equity came, I think a private equity firm came and bought them like about a month after I met them, um, at a pretty decent premium versus the price it was at then. So, um, you know, they were making some changes, they were cutting costs, they brought in new executives, um, you know, that seemed to be doing at least what the right, the right things. But yeah, I mean, like, I think there are more opportunities like that out there. Um, I think, and again, that one, like the risk reward, because they had so much debt, like the risk was, you know, they could go into bankruptcy, obviously. Um, But like, I think there are good opportunities out there because some of these companies, they raise so much cash, right? During when they went public that, you know, they still have, you know, if you can get a clear path to like break even, right? It's like some of them may be even trading less than cash. So I think that's... um, you know, I think it's important there to like actually do the due diligence, meet with the management teams, understand their plans and get a sense of, hey, does this make sense? Like, is this achievable or not? Right. Um, and I, I, again, like, I think I think me and Maj were talking about it when we when we chatted at some point. It's like those companies that go from losing money to making money, like that inflection point in their stock price is huge. Right. Because now you're bringing in all these new investors who are like, you know, they see the light to some degree. Right. And it's harder to see the light when you're like, you know, losing, burning cash. So, um, you know, if you could find those and, you know, I, I think yeah. and time it, I think it's finding and timing it. Right. Um, that's that's a great opportunity. Totally. And you know what? Good brands don't grow on trees. You know, if it's a no, like if, if it's a brand that maybe it's for a product that I don't even use, but I know the brand, you know, that, that, I mean, I'm not to use it so personally, anecdotally, but you know, that means probably other people that don't use the product also know the brand. And that's, there's some value there, you know, even yeah. maybe it's just, a, they have to fix things operationally or they have a new plan in place, you know, everything that you just said. So that's, that's, that's actually been pretty interesting to me. You know, what else? I mean, anything else having to do with 2023 that we missed that was interesting to you that you saw that, Funny conversation, or I don't know, and anything having to, uh, to wrap on a twenty twenty three. Uh one of my favorite conferences. I thought you did a your conference was really good in Thanks, Vegas. Thank you. Know, you. I, appreciate I, I, th- that. I thought the quality of companies was solid. Um, you know, the number of companies was great, and so that that was uh, 
you know, Dude. and the people and the people there like just chatting with, you know, other investors and, you know, other companies and other, you know, IR guys and stuff like that in the field. We're right. We're right on track for 2024 as well, man. It's yeah, yeah, nice. we're we're pretty pumped. Which by the way, Planet Microcamp Showcase Vegas, April 30 through May 2nd, 2024. I'm like the most annoying plug person of all time. Sorry, no, Sam. Continue. But, but, but let's, you know, let's make I, it even better, you know? Yeah, like just, just keep going in that direction. Try, man. Um I don't know, like what what did we miss from 2023? I don't know. I think I think we pretty much hit it. Um, you know, hopefully 2024 treats the microcap market a little bit better. Hopefully, you know, people find the opportunity or they see, you know, what the momentum that's starting to go go up, you know, keeps kind of going up. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, it's going to be earnings is going to drive things, right? So it's like, what yeah. direction does earnings go, right? Um, I mean, you would hope so. Earnings in multiple, right? That's really the two ways to to, to make money or to, to grow your valuation. So, um, you know, hopefully things go well there. I, I hope that, you know, the other thing that not many people have talked about is like, you know, when re- when a company needs to refinance, if they have some debt, right? Like what does that look like to a company and how does that hurt it? Um, that's going to be interesting. I think there's some tax changes. I think, um, you know, some of the tax rules that were changed when Trump was president, some of those are starting to fall off. So, um, you know, that may affect some companies. I mean, it will affect some companies. So like depreciation, like there was some bonus depreciation that used to be able to take a hundred percent off in terms of taxes. Now I think it's starting to like step down where it's not hundred percent. I can't remember if it's like 80% or 60% right now. Um, so I think that'll affect some like, you know, bigger purchase purchase decisions um, from companies on the margins. So I, again, I think, um, you know, like if you're, if you're, you know, I love looking at macro stuff and then seeing where the micro gets affected. Right. Um, and that, I, I think there's opportunities there. And so it's important to like follow things like, you know, regulations and taxes because, you know, it, it'll affect the cash that your, you know, your, your business generates, right. Um, or in, in terms of whether it sells something where, the, where it affects the taxes to the customers or to their own business, their bottom line. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's going to be interesting to see, you know, what other things are passed in an election year, what's brought up, what's talked about. Right. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, the other, other, other aspect, just going back, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but like going back to sectors, you know, um, there's a ton of businesses out there that make money off of the political season, right? Like, like the election year. Um, and so, you know, even in the the congressional races in 2022, um, you know, I think that was like the highest, the highest amount of like ad spend, for instance, that year. Um, that was, that, that's a non-presidential year, right? And so uh, everyone's expecting this year to be the highest for a presidential year as well too, regardless. And I think like California, for instance, has some, some, I think their Senate race is, is up, is up for grabs um, after Dianne Feinstein passed away. Right. So like, that's going to be a huge spend as well too. Um, so anyway, I think, I think there's some opportunities and some stocks in the microcap space where, where, you know, you can, you know, people, I guess, forget to some degree, you know, how much money these companies can make during these years, um, because no one's looking at, you know, four years over four years comparison, right? Uh, everyone's looking year over year. So it's like, wow, like, you know, you went down last year. Well, it wasn't 2020. It was an election year, right? There was there was no one running for Congress. So I think there's some opportunities in that space that I've been looking at um, as well. So, um, yeah, nice. I mean, I think, I think uh, 2024, you know, for me, yeah, I don't know if you've heard of the golden year before, what that means. 
but like, you know, like your age, the day you were born, right? Um, like if you're born on the 15th, right? Your, your 15th year of life is your golden year, right? It's supposed to be the best year of your life. What, what, what day of the year of the, of the month I'm, were you born on? I'm November 16th. So, okay. So you're, so when you turned 16, like, you know, that was, that's supposed to be your best year, right? It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I, had okay. dec- I had a decent year. Okay, but there's only 31 days. So what do what do we do? Yeah, so no one, you know, no one everyone's cool every, everyone's best year of their life is before they're 31. Uh, yeah, right? so, so, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not thinking about this. Is this it's it? all down. It's all downhill. I, after I didn't that. realize that. I thought I thought I thought it got better. Oh man. Oh well. Well, well, well anyway, so so guess, my my birthday is my my birthday is on the 24th. Okay. So I'm hoping 2024 will be, you know, my second golden year of my life. So oh, I mean, oh my, that is hilarious, dude. Oh my, what if I did like a combined like 11 plus 16? Okay, so then 37, and I could do 2037. Maybe I'll just do that. You know, whatever works. You know, have a positive spin. You know, I, th- I think as a, you know, especially as a microcap investor, I, I think you kind of have to have a positive spin on things, right? 100%. Um. At least as a, I'll tell you this, as an executive, as a microcap, as any executive, like you have to be positive. You have to be, you know, pushing the team forward, right? Totally. Like, like being happy, being, have positive outlooks, right? Because that's, that's what you're going towards. Um, you know, a turnaround CEO, I think is very different, right? Mm. Like they, they have, they're the ones who are like, hey man, like we're here and we're here to like make stuff right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, I mean, it's a, I would say. You know, if you're a short seller, obviously it's a different story. But um, yeah, I mean, let's 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 look for a positive 2024. Um, you know, hopefully, again, like everyone's all feeling comfortable, which you know, to me, makes you feel like, well, you know, does that, you know, what's going to cause what can cause that to change, right? Like you're always like pessimist, like somewhat optimistic, but also somewhat pessimistic as well to see like, hey, like what things, what can turn things, but um. But yeah, I mean, 2024, let's, let's hope it's a good year. Let's hope, you know, everyone, you know, lots of jobs are created, you know, there's lots of money in the economy, things of that sort, lower interest rates, I think, you know, always help everything, like, you know, everything, like everything becomes new around you, right? New buildings get built, new stuff gets bought, new cars get bought, you know, like interest rates being low, I think people forget how much of a, how much of an effect that really has on the world. And personally for me, I don't really see anything wrong with low interest rates as long as inflation isn't high. So let's hope, let's hope that, you know, gets slower, uh, lowered as well too. And, uh, you know, an amazing, amazing year ahead. And, you know, let's, let's keep it up to the decade. Like let's, let's, let's not stop at 24. Let's go to 2030. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. You know? <laughs> I'm cool with like, you know, short term, just a good decade. That'd be nice. Um, good year, maybe good five years, you know, but, uh, I think we said it all, man. I, you know, look, I'm sure you'll be back on a couple of times throughout the year to talk on, you know, maybe there's some crazy news and micro caps that like, I'll have to get your take on things, but you know, I think that, I think we've done a good, uh, you know, recap of 2023 looking ahead to 2024 and you know, what's exciting for you and what you're hoping to see. So, I mean, Sam, with that, where can our audience go and find more information to follow you on social media, on Twitter X or whatever. And, uh, and also with Ridgewood investments. Yeah, um, you can go to our website for Ridgewood Investments, RidgewoodInvestments.com. You can email me, Sam at RidgewoodInvestments.com. Twitter, I am S Namiri, or sorry, X, I am S Namiri, um, at S Namiri. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, and you know, keep following Bobby's podcast. 
you know, hope, hope to be here. Hope, hopefully invites me a few more times this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can see everyone in Vegas as well, too. Heck yeah. No, love, I'm stoked to see you in Vegas. This is always fun. Sam, always a pleasure, man. We got we to gotta go hang out, dude. I, we're in the same city. We haven't seen each other in a minute. So, uh, yeah, but, but you moved a little bit to the outskirts. I know. So. <laughs> I, I'm, I might as well be in another state at this point. Um, <laughs> yeah, but... I'll, I'll, I'll probably see you more in Vegas than I do in LA. <laughs> <laughs> well, good stuff, Sam. Always appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe. And I look forward to uh, seeing you soon. All right. You too. Be healthy and have a prosperous 2024. You too. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell securities. SNN Network, SNN Inc., and the Planet Microcap Podcast and the representatives are not licensed brokers, broker dealers, market makers, investment bankers, investment advisors, analysts, or underwriters. We do not recommend any companies discussed. We may buy and sell securities in any company mentioned and may profit in the event those securities rise in value. We recommend you consult with a professional investment advisor, broker, or legal counsel before purchasing or selling any securities referenced in this podcast podcast.